us to pray. Last week, we had a pretty powerful time. Pastor Laura talked about praying from a place of provision, or not provision, but position, if you remember that. And what was that position? It was the position of being God's son and being God's daughter, which means that he is our father. So the position of being in the family of God, his son, his daughter, and him being our Father. I also told you last week that we're doing this series with another church, which is pretty cool. That Pastor Adam Henderson of Radiant Church in Canton, Texas, a former associate here, that we decided how powerful that would be if we did the series together. So we came up with this five-week series, and today, guess what? They're preaching on the same thing we're preaching on, and we are expecting. I just tell you, I am expecting. I'm putting all my chips, I'm putting all my eggs in one basket. I believe that God is on the move. And even during this series, as we learn how to pray, we're going to see God do above and beyond anything we could ask or imagine, all by what? His power that is living within us. Now, in this series last week, if you remember, she talked about, again, praying from a place of position. But she made some points that I really thought were powerful. If you want to put those points up on the screen, she said that we pray from a place of position. But she says, and let's read this together, it's a position of intimacy, a position of worship and honor, a position of anticipation, and a position of surrender. Surrender cracks me up because we all grew up singing, I surrender all. But the older I got, I realized it was way easier to sing than it actually is to live. But I surrender all, a position of Surrender. Today we're going to keep it going. If you're taking notes, you're going to write this down. Today I already actually said it, so the surprise is gone. But we are praying from a place of provision. Provision. A place of provision. When we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we are declaring that we believe in a God who provides. Anyone else here believe in a God who provides? Amen. Pretty excited today. I'm really happy today, but... Before we go any further, let's bow our heads and pray. God, we do. We we just come to you asking you to teach us how to pray. We want to be powerful and effective in our prayers. We thank you that even in the midst of this season, our eyes have been opened, our ears have been opened to your move. And you're moving in ways that are challenging to us. And we've all felt that part of us that just kind of got stubborn and wanted to dig in our heels and justify old ways and old thought patterns. But God, you actually want to teach us. And sometimes it's uncomfortable when we're learning, but it's always good because you're good. You're perfect in all your ways. So God, if there's any spirit here that's still stubborn and stiff-necked, would it just be gone in the name of Jesus? That we would have a posture of learning today, of growing of sitting in that uncomfortable place of knowing that we don't know all the answers, but we know the one who does. So Jesus, teach us to pray. Church, would you pray this with me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever and ever. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. All right. So give us this day 
our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, when we pray like this, with this posture, with this kind of attitude, we just got to make sure we're all on the same page. When you are saying, give us this day our daily bread, you and I are admitting, you and I are acknowledging, you and I are even declaring that we believe that God is the true source of everything that we need for daily living. That's what we're doing right there. If you didn't know that, that's what you're doing. You're saying, our Father, let you be the one who gives us our daily bread. Now, when it says bread there, hopefully we all understand he's talking more than just wonder bread, right? We're talking more than just flour and water. He's talking about life, the basic things of life, right? What we need to actually live, the function, the food, the shelter, the clothing, you name it. It's an acknowledgement. If I'm going to survive on this earth, if I'm going to continue to live, then Heavenly Father, you're going to be the source of life. I even think of it this way. If you and I, and this is an exciting way to think about it, if you and I are going to do the things that we believe that God has called us to do, where his kingdom comes, where his will is done on earth as it is in heaven, if you and I are actually ready to say, yes, I'm ready to play your part in your kingdom and your kingdom coming to earth, well, then guess what? If any of that's going to happen, it's not going to happen without you giving me daily what I need to do what you've called me to do. Does that make sense? Like, if I'm your son, if I'm your daughter, if you're my father, then I'm going to ask you, my father, my great provider, for my daily bread. Now, we see this provision in many different ways, right? It's not just one way. There's a lot of ways you see God's provision. Uh, You see God's provision through your jobs. Anybody else thankful for your employment, right? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah for the jobs that God has Provided for us. You're going to see God's provision. I was thinking about this just the other day with Pastor Laura. You see his provision in the way he's gifted you and his, the gifts he's given you, the talents he's given you, the, the tools, the, the resourcing. You see his provision. You also see his provision uh, through others, don't you? You see his provision come through family members. You see his provision come through friends. You even see his provision come through the local church. So we serve a God who provides. All right. Well, if God is the provider, then guess what? You and I are now dependent upon his provision. Who's he providing for, right? Who, who, who and where and why and how? If he's the provider, then who is he providing for? It's you and I. We are dependent. You don't like to say that word, but we are dependent. In fact, we are desperately, oh, that gets even worse. We are desperately dependent upon God's provision. See, with this prayer, we are admitting that we are dependent not on ourselves, but instead upon God. Now, sometimes we do try to convince ourselves that we don't really need to live lives dependent upon God. You ever done that before? Like, I don't really need God. And maybe it was a season, maybe it was a couple days of your life, a couple months, a couple decades, right? You've done it. Like, maybe not decades, but you've done it. You've been in that season where you're not acknowledging His daily bread. Maybe even this, I was thinking about this, maybe you've even begun to give yourself more credit for the provision then maybe you should. Like, instead of walking in humility, instead of walking in surrender, that's daily thanking God for what He's doing and what He's done, you begin to start giving yourself some credit. Like, I'm pretty awesome. Like, look look what I've done. Look, Look what I've built. 
But then aren't you thankful for verses like Romans 12.3 that says, Dan, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Or prayers like the Lord's Prayer, the power of the Lord's Prayer, where you're admitting and focusing, again, not on yourself, but on the one who is worthy of praise, the one who is worthy of glory, the one who is worthy of adoration, and newsflash, it is not you. That's the prayer, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be what? Your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. It's powerful, isn't it? It's powerful. We, we approach God, a holy God, a perfect God, perfect in His justice, perfect in His mercy, perfect in His love, where we desire the things of His kingdom to be done in us, but not just in us, but also through us. But then from this place of position, as His son, as His daughter, our Father, we say, now, God, Father, would you give us today? And by the way, it's not tomorrow, but today. Everybody say today. This is important. Today, give us this day what we need to do, all you've called us to do. Maybe you've been tempted to start really worrying about tomorrow, but unfortunately the Bible even speaks about that, doesn't it? Jesus himself says in Matthew 6, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow. Guess what? Tomorrow is going to worry about itself. In fact, each day, Jesus says, has trouble of its own. No, we are focused on today and then it's a day by day by day by day walk in faith trusting in the lord where we are dependent not upon ourselves but upon his daily bread amen anybody tracking with me all right this is powerful this is powerful and god by the way can do so much through a person who approaches him with this kind of spirit with this kind of attitude where you are humbly depending not on yourself but again, on his goodness, his faithfulness, his provision to lead you through the day. It's powerful. God can do so much through a willing vessel to a person walking in humility, walking in surrender. God can do so much through that person. But unfortunately, as humans, we all know this isn't how it always goes in all of our lives. Right. I was thinking about it this week. Instead of us, think of it this way. Track with me if you can. Instead of us being the created beings who now approach our Creator, the created beings who approach our Creator, thanking Him, receiving from Him daily provision to accomplish His plans, His purposes, His will on earth. Instead, what do we do? We whoop, we flip it. You ever done that? You don't have to raise your hands on this, but have you ever done that before? We flip it. We put ourselves in the position of God and almost like he's a mini God coming in to serve us. Right. He's a God to come in and to live for us. And we've all done it right where it's no longer about God, but it's now about me. It's about the unholy trinity of me, myself and I. My kingdom, my will be done. But we still approach God, don't we? We still approach God, but we don't approach God as the holy creator of the universe who is worthy of praise, who is set apart and holy. But instead, we approach God more like a genie who is there to grant our three wishes. Oh, majestic, holy genie of all the earth, give me a car. In the name of Jesus, give me a wife. We all do it. We all have our list. And we come to him not... In that posture that says, oh God, for your glory and for your kingdom 
and for your word and your name and your renown, just to be all over this earth for your glory. Instead, we come to him with a list because, you know what, God, I need you to give me what I want because, Father, I got some plans. I got some plans. I got some things I want to do. So, Jeannie, grant my wish so that my kingdom can come. My will be done. Again, you don't have to raise your hands on that. I'm, I'm speaking to everybody here. And this spirit, this attitude, I, I think it can subtly creep into our prayers if we're not careful. In fact, I think COVID in many ways has illuminated the darker part, this darker part of how we interact and engage with God. Because once our plans begin to be messed with, when our kingdom is shaken and the things we want to happen don't happen, we're pretty good at throwing some good fits. We all are, right? When our will doesn't get done, well, you know, well, you don't understand, Pastor Dan. I was going on that vacation. Well, you know, I was going to go into that office. I was going to get that job. I was going to send my kids to that school. I was, I was, I was. So then you're like, Jeannie, wake up. <laughs> I got things to do. Where are you? Wake up. I got things for you to do. Give me what I want so I can do what I want to do. And you can just see this attitude is rising up within all of us at different times. And by the way, there's grace today. None of us are going through this season perfectly. We're all tripping at times and falling on our faces. By the way, on your face is a great place to be because then you know that God says you humble yourself and then he will lift you up. So that's even a good place to be. But I just want to encourage you, you're going to see this attitude, but not just in those around you. Often you're going to see it in your own heart. You've had probably a few of those moments. We all have, but this is the sacredness of this season. This is why it's a holy moment. We have this divine opportunity to acknowledge the ugliness of those moments. Anybody else been doing some serious repenting during this season? Where you can just acknowledge God. I have fallen so short with my attitude, with my mindset, where I become self-centered, where I become self-focused, where, Lord, I need you to sweetly come and break me and convict me by the sweetness and power of your Holy Spirit. And then as true believers, we come back to the Lord and we put a radical and complete trust and faith, not in ourselves and in our own plans, but, oh, only in a good, good Father, His plans, His purposes, His will. Trusting in God once again. Don't you see the sacredness of the season? It's not a wasted season. He is calling you to grow up, to become mature in Christ, not to be tossed to and fro like you were talking about, Joe, but to rise up and stand upon the Word of God and stand on the solid rock, Christ Jesus, and allow Him to grow you up, not into your plans, but into His plans where you say, God, I'm radically trusting you today for all of my needs. And then you know what? He's so good, He might even give you some of the things you want. But you know He's going to give you what you need. Praise the Lord. He's worthy of praise today, church. Hallelujah. You know, it's been so encouraging in the midst of the hardships you guys have been going through. I've heard incredible stories of people who, again, have had horrific things happen during this season. It's a tough season. And yet in the midst of it all, I see how you're walking with your heavenly 
Father. You're trusting in Him. And again, none of us have gone through it perfectly, but as much as you can, you're rising up in faith and saying, God, not my will be done, but yours be done. I was thinking about those fires, right? Specifically the one that was over there, Sumner, Bonnie Lake area. I mean, that got us, right? LifeSpring, many of you had homes that were affected. Several of you had to evacuate from your home. But I remember Braden, my, my intern, he, he was telling me about his mother and how she was evacuated from your, her home. And, and so we're praying for her and, and he keeps on giving me all these up, updates. He's saying, Pastor, like the fire's coming straight for her house. And so then I asked, you know, how's your mom doing? And this is what he wrote me. I remember the text. He, he said, actually, Pastor, she's doing really well. What? Right? And you're like, What? Actually, Pastor, she's doing really well. This is what he said. She said it's in God's hands and she will trust him. Isn't that powerful? That is so powerful to me. That's not from someone off in Internet land. That's from someone that we know saying it is in God's hands and I'm going to trust him. That's moving to me, church. Those are the faith declarations that we've had moments to, to declare, really, the sacredness of this season, to declare no I'm not creator. I'm not God. No, and forgive me if I ever put myself in that place, but again, I say you alone are creator. You alone are God. You alone are provider, and I trust in you. My faith is in you. You are provider, and what I need today is not whatever I think I need, but it's what you say I need. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. It's a radical trust. In God for daily provision. And you know what? God led them through that difficult time. In fact, it was crazy. His mom is here today. Coincidence? I think not. But here she is. And by the way, we got a, we got, here's the deal. The house didn't catch on fire. We, we just praise the Lord for that. The house was saved. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But I want you to see a video to see how close that fire. This video is from their backyard. Do you see that little, those little stones? That's their yard. And on the left side of those stones is where the fire was. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God. I even heard some more stories about it today. Braden was telling me how they removed certain trees and bushes and stuff that if any of those had been there, it would have truly consumed that house. And yet, even before the fire, the Lord was leading them and influencing them and giving them the the right steps to take. And, and that's just an incredible, incredible video. You know, I'd, I'd like to think that any of us as believers, whether the house is saved or whether it goes up in flames, that we would still continue to trust in His provision. But regardless, we, we would continue to trust verses like Second Peter 1, 3 that says, by His divine power, His divine power is giving us everything we need for a godly life. His power is giving us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Some of you have been hit very hard financially during this season. COVID has just messed with your finances. I had a meeting this week with a couple, and my heart just dropped as they shared their story. And and it's just terrible, horrific. But in my office, there they are, just telling me how they trust in God. 
It's not easy. It's not easy at all. I mean, who are you kidding? Like, their story, I mean, it's nerve-wracking. It's stressful. It's scary. There's anxiety. And yet, you just saw them throwing everything they have at the feet of Jesus. They're literally casting their cares upon the Lord, believing and trusting that He, what, cares for them. Even in a situation that feels so impossible. I'm thankful to be surrounded by so many people here at LifeSpring in this season. Not the next season, but right now in this crazy season, I'm surrounded by so many people who are doing exactly that. That are throwing their lives, everything they have, everything they are, at the feet of Jesus. And so many of you have just declared, Pastor Dan, I'm all in. Everything I've got, I'm throwing it at the feet of Jesus, believing everything I need is in Him. And I'm so thankful to be a part of a community like LifeSpring. During this season, what a gift you have been in my life in 2020. But maybe you're sitting here today or maybe you're watching on Facebook and you're, you're thinking, you know what, maybe I'm not quite there, Pastor Dan. I, I've gotten sidetracked. I, I'm off the track a little bit with all of this. Maybe you've depended upon yourself and not on the Lord. Maybe you've kind of been forgetting the art and practice of thankfulness you're not thanking the lord for that provision you haven't thanked the lord with gratitude for your job for that employment for your shelter for that food and that clothing or maybe you've given in to fear and anxiety some of the people that keep on posting about not being afraid sorry you can just read right through that post you're like that person's afraid You've allowed fear and anxiety. You've given it permission to control your thoughts, to control your mindset. You're trying to grab the reins. You're trying to be the one who is calling all the shots. I think the Lord would be calling many of us today just to let go again. To let go, right? Let go. If that's you, by God's grace, would you just take this moment? This is a holy moment right now. It's not the moment to run away with your hands over your ears screaming, but it's a moment to fall at the feet of Jesus. Just tell your Heavenly Father that you trust in Him. Maybe just whisper. Just between you and Him. God, in humility, I'm struggling. Struggling to trust in You. I'm struggling to believe that You will provide. I'm struggling with fear. There's a worry and anxiety that keeps rising up within me. But God, I just trust in you. In faith, in the name of Jesus, I'm just going to say, God, would you give me this day my daily bread? Just begin to have that conversation. Even as I'm talking, just you and the Lord. Have that conversation. That's a radical prayer of faith. That's a radical prayer saying that you believe that God is going to come through and God is going to give you what you need. Maybe do that even now. You know, one of the main reasons I'm so excited about this series is to remind believers of what we really do have in Christ. Because we got a whole lot, church, in the name of Jesus. When we pray, by the way, they're not powerless, ineffective prayers, just kind of floating around, doing nothing. When we pray in the name of Jesus, those prayers are powerful. Anybody else seen the power of prayer? You can't always explain it. You don't have it all figured out. But if you've been walking with Jesus long enough, you know there's power in prayer when you pray in the name of Jesus. It makes me think about Matthew chapter 7. Follow along with me. Look at Jesus. This is his words. He says in Matthew 7, 7, he goes, Ask and it will be given to you. 
Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, what? Receives. The one who seeks, they're going to find. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. I love this. Come on, verse 9. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, is going to give him a snake? Man, that is a bad father. <laughs> if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Do you believe in that, church? Amen. Ask, seek, knock. Your Father in heaven, your good Father in heaven, who knows how to give good gifts, he's going to give you when you ask him. By the way, I'm a terrible gift giver. I just am. Uh, where was that dedication family, the all-star burger? Where's Braden and Ashley? Oh, they're, they're probably up. Yeah, so that was from LifeSpring Church, a.k.a. not me. <laughs> and I'm just being honest. Last week, it was so funny. We, we get done acknowledging. Where's Pastor Laura? Would you raise your hand. So Pastor Laura, and, and, and I walk off the stage, and then this beautiful bouquet of flowers and a, car, a beautiful, sensitive card came from LifeSpring Church. Yeah, that wasn't from me either. Again, I just, I'm the worst. I'm making excuses up on stage right now. My mom would be so mad at me, but I'm just not good. Kyla Ferris, so good at giving gifts. Kyla Ferris, so good at giving gifts. Me, not so much. But praise the Lord, God is amazing, amazing at giving good gifts. He is so good at giving good gifts. In fact, did you know that the Lord finds great joy in giving you what, he need, what you need? Did you know that the Lord delights over you? Did you know that the Lord loves you? He finds such joy in your life. When, when you approach him in humility, when you approach him in that surrender and that place where instead of gripping, the, you know, just being full of fear and anxiety and grabbing the reins, when you approach him with your hands open, ready to receive, do you know how excited he gets to give you what you need? When you cry out to him, say, oh, Lord Jesus, I don't even know what to do. I don't even know how to make it through this day. But God, would you give me this day my daily bread? Do you know how eager he is to give you and supply all your needs according to the riches found in Christ Jesus? Did you you know that, that that's the God that you serve. That deserves a huge amen. Praise the Lord. He's going to respond to that prayer. You know, I, I want to close today by talking about something that's really close to me. I, I guess it's a personal testimony in regards to all of this. When I was an intern, when I first started uh, in church ministry, it was 2004. I was over at a church called North Church in Spokane. And I'll just be honest, I didn't have anything like I'm a recent graduate from the University of Wyoming, and I didn't have a savings account. I, I didn't have money in my bank account. My internship paid me a whopping 150 a month. So, uh, yeah, I wasn't really rolling so much in the money. But I'll tell you, I saw God's provision again and again and again. And, it, and it's important that you hear this. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. In this season, this is so important that we understand this today. In that season, the daily provision of God came through the people of God. Again, you might want to write that down, and I hope you can hear me today. This is so important that we understand this. In that season, the daily provision of God came through the people of God. And I have been forever changed by the way God's provision came through that community of believers. See, much of what I ate, this is a true story, talk to my wife, much of what I ate, not making this up, was leftovers from the church, right? From church meetings. And I remember, I'll never forget this, there was a women's ministry event that just fell flat. No one came to it. Which, for them, you know, too bad, but for me, cha-ching. 
because <laughs> they were serving Costco chicken bakes at that event. Uh, without exaggeration, I came home with like 10 to 15 Costco chicken bakes. You're, you know, I'm not even kidding you. That thing lasted me probably uh, for a couple of weeks at least. Now, I will say, though, I haven't bought one of those since then. (laughs) Hmm. I remember I was sitting in the front row of the service. We had four services on Sundays, and I felt a calling to always sit next to my pastor to support him and just to be there to encourage him. And so I sat in all the services, but I remember this one service I was there, and I was just wondering, God, how am I even going to make it? And the pastor was up here preaching. He said, turn to your Bibles. I opened up my Bible, and there was a $200, two $100 bills. And, and I'll tell you, that happened more than once during that season. Or there was a family that let me stay in their business. It was in the basement of their business, but they didn't charge me a penny. I was able to stay there for free. People also bought me clothes. Like they saw what I was wearing up on stage and people would literally buy me clothes. But it was incredible. And it was incredibly faith building for me. Again, I'm a 24, 25 year old a man trying to live for the Lord, seeking the face of God. And it, that whole season had such an impression on me and it encouraged my faith. It changed my life because the Lord, he just kept on providing. I don't know if you've been there before, but it kept feeling like he was providing just in the nick of time. You ever been there where he comes, you know, maybe not in your timing, but he comes right on time. But he did that again and again and again. And as he did that, just this faith began to grow within me like, wow, he actually knows me and he will provide for me. I learned how to trust in the Lord. But it's so important that we understand this because this could change this community. It's so important we understand that God's provision so often in my life came through God's people. I want to challenge you in that. How are you playing your part in God's provision for somebody else? Where you're not just doing something nice to do something nice. I mean, that's one thing, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about where you are inspired by the Holy Spirit of God, where you are inspired to be divinely used for his plans and his purposes in another person's life. Right? What 24-year-old Dan Bursch right now is in your life who currently needs a miracle from God? Especially for followers of Jesus, right, that are trusting in God for their provision, who are praying radical prayers like the Lord's Prayer on their knees saying, God, I trust in you. Help me. Trust in you, God, that you would give me what I need. Give me my daily bread. When they receive your gift, church, this is why it's so exciting. When they receive your gift, they are going to praise God. You think when I, like, oh, wish it was 300. No way! You praise the Lord. I, you, you, you cry. Oh God, I, I, oh, you're so good. You're so faithful. Who in your life needs that touch from the Lord where they, they, of course, they're receiving from God, but they're receiving from God through you. Where might God be asking you to be a conduit of His provision? Does that make sense? Right? Where is He asking you to be a conduit of His provision? It makes me think of the collection the Apostle Paul received. Remember, he went to the Gentile churches, collected the collection for some of the poor amongst the church in Jerusalem. Or you you can go to the book of Acts. Acts 2, it says all the believers, they were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions and they gave to anyone in need. You go a couple of chapters later, it says with great 
power. I love the beginning. With great powers, those apostles, they continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them. Isn't that what we want? We say it every week. Ephesians 3, 20-21, by His power we do more than we think or imagine. But His power was so great, moving so beautifully and powerfully through them that there was no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. See, God was providing. He was meeting the needs. But He was doing it through His people. Now, of course, we know there's times when He bypasses us all. We know there's times when He brings manna straight from heaven. Of course. But often, I just hope we hear this today, often His provision comes from His people. A couple of you recently gave money to the work that's being done in Ghana, and you gave some money to Sabina, Maxwell's widow. And it wasn't a lot, but it was to help her with the kids she's still trying to raise. And this is a cloudy picture. She used some of that money to buy equipment, to buy some supplies, because as you guys know, she's trying to run a medical clinic over there in Ghana. And so she was able to buy some supplies. We also last week gave some money, not a lot, but some money to LifeSpring Ghana's new leader who is uh, trying to get those thermometers. They needed thermometers so that they could have their church services. And so here's a short video of one of the branches of LifeSpring over there. As you guys know, we now have several uh, receiving one of these thermometers. I present this thermometer gun to Pastor Pastor Ankuma, who is representing the Christian Assembly in the name of Jesus. This morning, saying he was traveling to another village to give them another thermometer. And I, I just love what our brothers and sisters are doing over there in Ghana. And it's powerful to be able to encourage one another and to be able to encourage specifically in this way. And I want to say this, just remember who you are, right? Remember whose you are. You're a disciple of Christ, you're being conformed to the image of Christ. This season, don't let this season take you away from that. Don't let this season steal the good work that God is doing in you. You're an ambassador of Christ. You're not an ambassador of anger and wrath, by the way. You're an ambassador of Christ, carrying and bearing the fruit of His Spirit within you. So come in the name of Jesus. When you come in His name, you come with His compassion. You come with His grace and His love. You look at needs and you're moved. You don't ridicule people. One of you sent an email this week to me saying I was a coward for not opening up the church. You don't send that. That's inappropriate. No, you pray for your pastor. Pray that he'd be close to the Lord. Pray that he'd be sensitive to the ear of God. That he'd be moved by his spirit. You pray for your leaders. Pray for them. I love what one of you just said about praying for our leaders. Praying for them. You pray. You, you come in with authority and power in the mighty name of Jesus. 
and you see a need and you don't mock that need, you don't ridicule that need, you don't bring all the justifications and reasons why that need shouldn't be met. No, you come and you are moved with his compassion and with a sweet brokenness and conviction of the Holy Spirit. You see, God, what is in my hands and what might I be able to do? What part might I be able to play to be a part of meeting this need all to the glory of God? Of God. Listen to James. He's pretty clear on this. He says, suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs. What good is it? What good is that? Just keep that one on the screen because that one will preach. God desires to use us, church. He wants... To use us to help those who need help, to help feed them, to help clothe them. And by the way, this isn't a message against working. If you have a job, work. Keep on working. This isn't a job encouraging laziness. Work hard for the Lord. Be poured out like a drink offering. But this message is that we might be moved to compassion. To be a part of the Lord's army of servants who pick up the basin and the towel and show the tangible love of God to those who are in desperate need. Oh, and what a beautiful sight it would be if, if they all began, and we know this isn't always the case, but if even one or two began to praise God and bring glory to God and thank God that He has provided their daily bread. And then whatever part we have to play, and there's a thousand different ways that this can be expressed, but whatever part you and I have to play in all of this, in, in being a part of God's daily provision, church, all I'm saying is life spring. Let's play our part. Let's play our part well. All to the glory of God. As we close this service, I want to invite the worship team back up, and I, I believe we're going to do something that really is quite powerful, and we're actually doing this together with Radiant Church in Canton, Texas. We have some boxes up here. You're going to see, I think there's four over there. There's five over here, these little red boxes. And, and they have some gift cards to a local grocery store. And I, I'm just believing that while we are singing this song, maybe even while I was talking, I, I just believe this, that the Lord has probably brought someone to mind. Someone that He wants to use you to help meet their needs. And by the way, it's not a lot. I think they're a $50 gift card. But I'd say this. If the Lord lays someone on your heart, again, maybe already the Lord has laid someone on your heart, but if the Lord lays someone on your heart during this song, again, as we invite the Holy Spirit to do what He wants to do in this moment, this is what I'd say. I prayed. I asked the Lord for a number. I believe He gave me the number nine. So we have nine. Trusting. I'm going to leave it up to you, by the way. You don't have to tell me how you used it. I'm going to leave it up to you how you present it, whether it's an anonymous gift or you, or you present the gospel or you just present it and say, I love you and God loves you. How, however you want to do that, I'll, I'll leave that up to you. But if the Lord, I, I will challenge you on this, but if the Lord puts someone on your heart, please be obedient to that. Because I needed people to be obedient to put that money in my Bible. I needed Bob May to be obedient when my, my bank account was in the red 
and he decided he wanted to meet with me at Starbucks, and I was frightened to meet with him because I hadn't met him yet, and I don't know. My mom said, be afraid of strangers. I don't know. But anyways, I, I was so nervous, and, and uh, even as he got there, I, I realized it was red, and, and back then, um, your iPhone told you to do a uh, figure eight if you didn't have signal. And so I'm trying to tell my wife, don't use the card because we don't have any money. And I couldn't get a signal. I'm up on the chair of the Starbucks waving it in a figure eight. And then here comes in Bob May. And Bob would hate for me to tell this story, but I keep on telling it because it's so powerful because I was just, oh God, like, what do I do? And the reason he met with me was to give me some money. He slid the envelope to me. And I'm telling you, I'm dangerous for the kingdom of God because of people like Bob May. Because I know God will never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He's going to give me what I need. And I just believe prophetically that there's people in your life that need to know that God is with them. And He's not going to leave them. He's not going to forsake them. So would you be bold? Would you be obedient to what the Lord lays on your heart? And all I'd say, just as we're singing, come grab the card and then just take it back to your seat and go with God and And the Lord will lead you in that. But would you stand with me as we prepare our hearts to receive from the Holy Spirit today? Holy Spirit, we thank you that you inhabit our praises. But right now we need you to speak. To speak a concern and care for those around us. That not only would we learn how to love you, God, but we'd learn how to love others. God, that we would be a part of your provision in somebody else's life. Even now, Lord, just speak to our hearts. Stir our hearts with compassion, with love, with you, with the fruit of your Spirit, that we might be the fragrance of Christ wherever.